Welcome to the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast, hosted by veterinarians Dr. Lewis Kirkham and Dr. Robbie Anderton, who'll give you the inside scoop on the secret lives of your pets and have a lighthearted look at the latest animal news, health tips, and other random facts. All names of people and pets have been changed for confidentiality, so if the story sounds familiar, don't flatter yourself. Every owner is just as animal crazy as you are. So sit down, place your furry feathered or scaly best friend on your lap, and it's over to Lewis and Robbie. Hello and welcome. This is episode 198 of the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast. With too much talking your pets is barely enough. I'm Dr. Robbie Ander, and I'm joined by a man who has been uh, released for good behavior. Hence the reason why we haven't been able to record for so long. It's Dr. Lewis Kirkham. Lewis, how are you going? I'm good. I'm good, Robbie. I did enjoy the 30-second um, iteration of the intro that we finally got to and we continue with what was the Guatemala one mate, a couple oh, of days? yeah yeah no I was it, I, I had a half working. an idea had a half an idea of what I was going to say and then ended up going oh, hang on I, I should have I should have thought what that what the next line was going to be with it so we canned that and then I thought we'd just go with this one um go with good hey, behavior hey listeners it's been a red hot minute since we recorded but hey we're back you're here it's 2023 Let's get let's let's get the good ship two vets talk pets rolling. How are things going, Lewis? What's going on? Good, mate. Really good. We um we're crawling slowly to the the pinnacle two hundredth episode, mate. At at one one episode every six months, I reckon. We'll uh, if anyone's <laughs> anyone's got a venue free twenty twenty eight, yeah, we'll probably, <laughs> probably need to book that for our um for our two hundredth episode. What do you reckon? Well, funnily enough, if memory serves, I reckon we were getting pretty close to where we were thinking about having our 100th episode right at the start of uh, all the COVID <laughs> yes. lockdowns, so like in March of 2020. Yes. Um, and, and like, and that was at the time of where we would, uh, you know, like we, we'd get together, we'd record two episodes mm. and it'd be, you know, and then suddenly um, uh, COVID happened. And then we started trying to do all the Zoom ones. But I think it's, I've, I've actually been, you know, trying to work this out because like back at that stage, we were, you know, we, we'd be recording podcasts. I was doing keen. stuff with, you know, keen. Well, I mean, we're still keen, but you know, it's just that, um, I, I, it's amazing how, you know, times have changed with our, um, you know, with what you get to spend your time doing, you know, mm. like from between, between working and with kids and everything. I just, we just haven't been able to, uh, able to, you know, get our Venn diagrams together, but our Venn diagrams are here now. So thank you very That's much a- listeners for sticking with us and then li- downloading this one. Yeah, well, that's right. Exactly. Well, this week, I, interesting case I saw this week for a behavior consult, um, a, uh, was a, should I say the breed? Oh, I'm sure it'd be. Go for it. Say the breed. You go on retriever. Yeah, and uh, and the owner was coming to see me because uh, she was having trouble taking the dog for a walk. Okay, right. Um, and you know, we go out, go out. Uh, she lived in an apartment. Go out to go to the toilet. Absolutely petrified to to go out to go to the toilet. We go to the toilet and then instantly run into the lift. Yeah. Uh, press the button, go back upstairs again. The dog you know? would press the button yeah. or the owner oh, would press the yeah. button? No, no, dog. Very intelligent. Very intelligent. Would it yep. would it push the one button or was it like one of those you know, um, delinquent kids where it just pushes like all the buttons so that you're uh, stuck in the elevator for to go? Just just the button that's smeared in peanut butter would be the only <laughs> button it would push. So anyway. It was peanut butter on the button, yeah. wasn't it? <laughs> well, good point. Good point. It reminds <laughs> me of a trick I did on the children once. Anyway, we digress. Um <laughs> Uh, and uh, and so Anna was really concerned. They had a golden retriever, and um, she was doing her best. You know, she'd try and wouldn't even walk across the road, so she couldn't take for a walk at all. She could get it in the car, 
in yep. the underground car park and then drive it. She was driving it to an enclosed, um, uh, like, uh, off lead area, off lead dog area. Yep. Dog area with a big enclosure in it. So, cause the dog would get stressed at times and often just try and run away. Mm. Um, but then when it got there, it would be really excited and really happy and, uh, you know, playing with other dogs, um, it seemed quite comfortable doing that. And so she came to me to say, I oh, really, I'm having trouble you know, walking my dog. She'd been to see another vet who put it on medication, which she said just made the dog groggy and today mm. uh, had a sedative effect, which which can happen, but can happen. You know, we do yep. work our way around those things sometimes. So anyway, so I had a good chat to her and um and we uh, had a long chat about what how, what's the dog like at home. Well, the dog's fine at home, loves being at home, you know. How does it go with visitors? Oh, it loves visitors, hello, says hello to everyone, might bark at the door if a visitor comes, but then lets them in, no worries. Just kind of a greeting bark more than a protective kind of bark or anxiety bark um you know how about when you leave it oh i've had a camera on when i leave um stay um happy as ending sleeps sleeps the whole time i'm out work for the day okay so you walk the dog once a week um and uh and what if you don't walk the dog at all you don't get them to the yarraville Mm. thing you know hates getting in the car too which is yeah awkward too um she said, oh, it's fine. Just sleeps, you know, it doesn't get stir crazy. Um, we play games at home. We do hide and seek. Um, I give chew toys, that sort of thing with food in them. And um, and so I had a you know, big long chat to her and I said, um, this is going to fly in the face of everything that anyone's ever said to you, but don't take your dog for a walk. Yeah. If it doesn't, it doesn't like it, it doesn't like it. It doesn't need it. It's clearly not getting stir crazy when it's, when it's in the home environment. Um, it's uh and and she was so appreciative when I said that to her because you know she's um you know everywhere everyone you sort of talk to or or owns a pet is sort of like you know you need to walk your dog twice uh twice a day twenty minutes at least twenty minutes twice a day if you're not doing that it's bad welfare um and so just to be able to say to her look you're not a bad owner yeah your dog hates going for a walk yep. Don't take them for a walk, you know. Yep. If you said to me, look, yeah, I want to be able to walk the dog. We've got a dog that's stir crazy when I don't walk mm. it. Uh, it really loves walks but has some issues. Yeah, we can work with that. We can do some do some behavior modification. We can try some different medication, that sort of thing. Um, and uh, and I said, look, we can work on trying to get them more comfortable to go in the car so you can take them to that, that off-lead thing. But just really rang, rang true with me is, is a lot of the time when I do behavior stuff, it is sometimes just changing people's perception about yep. something that, that's, that's ingrained, um, you know, whether it's the guilty look when we come home and there's some poo on the carpet, which is just actually a fearful look because we know you're going to get upset. Yep. Or, you know, the dog that just hates going for a walk, well, doesn't need it. Why walk it? It hates it. You don't, yeah. You know, I hate going to the pub, so you don't make me go to the Well, no, I don't really. But <laughs> if I did hate going to the pub, hypothetically. 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 Yeah, yeah. Uh, you wouldn't force me to go to the pub. Yeah, you might not want to go day. for a jog to the pub, ah. but, but you'd like to go to the pub, but you ah. don't want to go for a jog. Yeah, the, the idea of putting on your Dunlop volleys and putting your putting your, your singlet on and your uh, your active wear, bit of a headband as well, so the sweat doesn't doesn't run into your eyes. All of that, yeah, not interested in that. But going to the pub, that'd be great. Yeah, have you been watching me going running, mate? That's a uh, Dunlop. Well, volleys. that's the VB, reason why- VB Dunlop volleys I've got limited edition. I'll show that's, you next week. 
that that's the reason why I haven't been able to record because I've been too busy watching you through the window. <laughs> right. It is amazing. Your... Oh, it, I was just going to yeah. say, it is amazing that, um, you know, people get a pet and they have this idealistic view mm. of, of what's going to happen with that. And that's great. It's the same as when you have kids, you have this idealistic idea of what you're going to do when you have kids. Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to kick the footy with my kid. or I'm going to, I'm going to play. I'm going to, I'm going to fix the car. Or we're going to, we're going to bake yep. cakes. Yep. In the end, what you get, you, the kid's going to be happy doing what the kid's going to do. And if you yeah. try and make them do something else that they're not happy with, then you're both going to be unhappy. So in the end, just lean, lean into what they like mm. to do. Or the a classic one is also going to the cafe. Oh, we love going to the cafe. You know, we go to the cafe, uh, have cafe every every brunch, every Sunday morning, whatever it is. We love to take the dog along, but the dog just barks and attacks everything that walks past. It's like... Well, clearly the dog's not enjoying the cafe like you are. And how about you guys? Are you enjoying the time of the cafe with uh, yeah. with old Fluffy just getting all upset and aggro at everybody? No, you're not. So are we happy at home? Yes, we're happy at home. Well, just leave us at home. Oh, no, but we want to take the dog. You know, it's imp- no, it's, no, it's not. Doesn't want they to do it. want to go. Do you're not enjoying it. Don't do it. Do you think that's Fluffy maybe making some sort of socio-political commentary on thinking that their owners shouldn't be there having smashed Avo when they're trying to save up a, a house deposit? Do you think that's maybe maybe what they're getting angry at? The dog's actually completely fine with all the other dogs. It's just like, oh, my God, how can you be spending $25 on avocado on toast? Come on. Wow, nine minutes in, mate, you've turned into the barefoot investor. Here we go. <laughs> Yeah, and then I'm going to turn Joe Rogan later on. I'm going to I'm going to have a talk about you know vaccines and, and ivermectin and stuff. Oh, um, very good. As long as you don't turn spare on us and start talking about your uh, frostbitten todger. Oh well, no, no, I'm not going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about necrosis though. So what a wonderful oh, segue. So right, um, very good. So we had a very interesting case come through the other day. It was um actually a a, a guy that I play baseball with his daughter. Um, they and their family have got quite a few um uh, bulldog dogs, and so um came in to see us with a um a dog with a swollen foot, and um. You know, we look. We looked at the. Um, he's about eighteen months old. This this little fella, and uh, he looked like he had like a little wound in between his toes, but the entire foot was swollen. Like foot, leg, everything oh. was swollen. High temperature, incredibly lame at the leg. And so, you know, you look and you go, "Oh, hang on, it's a. Yeah, there's a, a little uh, little lesion in between the toes." It might be a foreign body, but it just didn't fit with everything else that we were seeing. Mm. You know, the fact that you got the high temperature, the swelling up the leg, because we see grass seeds all the time, you know, yeah. that doesn't, it wasn't that normal presentation you'd see with it. And I always try and say to the guys, you know, like if it, you know, looks like a duck, walks like a duck, chances are it's a duck. But if the thing's walking sideways and it's trying to click you with its, yeah, you know, with its pinches, it's probably not a duck. You know, it's, it's mm. going to be something else. Mm. And so the interesting thing was by the time we then, so we saw it on, actually the emergency center saw it, gave it an antibiotic injection. And then we saw it the next day, still big swollen leg, really, really painful. And um, so by the time we saw it, there was a whole patch on it, on the front part, on the top part of its foot that looked like it was going to be coming necrotic, like a, wow. uh, like a frostbitten todger. Um, <laughs> and so I... So we, we anesthetized this poor dog. And so we're going to have a look at it. And I stuck a needle in it and just drew out all of this pus out, out from under there. And I'm well, all right, I think we're, we've got some sort of cellulitis or infection under the skin happening here, or, or at least it's damage under here. And so Christina was on surgery. I said, all right, so you got to, you know, put a drain in for me here. This skin that's under here, it's either going to live or it's going to die. You know, we can't, 
but we're not going to be able to do anything else to save it now. All we can do is just try and give the pus somewhere to go. And so within 24 hours, dog was feeling better because the pus had somewhere to go, yep. but that skin on the top was dying off. Like it was, it, it had all started pulling away. Um, so I suspect that this dog may have had a spider bite. I reckon Ooh. that it might've had, um, yeah, I mean, you, you don't know for sure. Yeah. There's no, no way you can test for it, but um, the fact that it had just this, massive humongous amount of of swelling associated with all of this mm. necrotic destroyed tissue there um it skin lifted off and then it became bandaging time but as a blaster in the past Lewis, like could you remember a uh a, an interview that we did last year on a some uh, on a magical electrical bo- electric boogaloo fovea yeah, the light, the light therapy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The sponsor, sponsors of the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Vet Kinnell. Well, yes. we, we, we yeah, may have actually. We, we, they it just so happened that the dog was coming in for its ba- first bandage change as the fovea reps coming through, and they said, "Hey, well, we've got a fovea um a, a, a thing in the in the boot. Do you want to have a look at it?" I, I'd love to. So wow. we've been foveering this dog for the yeah. last week. So goggles on, magic paint on the on the stuff, shine the light on there. Yeah. You know, and, and it's healing. It's, it's healing. healing Fantastic. What a yeah. what an excellent segue to our sponsor. Sponsored yes. by Fovia. Yeah. Thank you for that mate. That's amazing. Well, oh, done. you know, it's a, and and actually, it's, it's it's not the only one I've been using my uh my using my fovea gun on either. We had you know, a, a, a you got a bit of trench foot, have you, mate? You just been uh, I, I have. That? We weren't going to bring that up, were we? Just no, no, the no, running no. you've been doing is just a bit, just uh, those little bit of tinea combined with the sweaty running bit it's, of it's trench a, foot. It's it's, it's it's terrible. They won't let me back into the YMCA pool anymore, just because they they they're worried that I'm yeah they they they're, they're very cautious about about foot related infections at the Y. So you know so so until I can fovea up, please people, you well, go, we we cannot condone the use of fovea for the treating of of, of foot related issues. Well, have they? I wonder if Vetakino, uh, thank you for your sponsorship of of the show. I wonder if they have thought of contacting. Uh, Prince Harry for the um instead of the Elizabeth Arden cream that smelt like his mother, he could oh, have um, really yeah that he could have used some fovea on his um on the uh, on the dying Todger Todger oh, was it? Wow, there you go. Yeah, no, you I, didn't. You didn't. Get I, that I, I, I haven't re- I haven't got up to that part of his memoir, so it's hard is to. It, it's a very little funny semi if you can just a bit of a segue. Andrew Hansen, you know, from formerly from the Chaser, yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, did a Billy Connolly accent and did a the audiobook version just of that section where he's talking about putting some Elizabeth Arden cream on his frostbitten. It's very funny. If you, if you, anyway, yeah, go have a look at that. Uh, link wow. link won't link won't be in the show notes, so just you have to Google it yourself. Yeah, and you'll you'll have to find that yourself, and yeah. then and then and then clear off your your history because that'll look a bit a little bit, a little bit weird. <laughs> yeah, to, exactly. to the to the other people using it using your uh, browser. Um, but yeah, so so I'm also using it on a dog that um had, was bitten on its ear, and so it had a massive big um purulent infected infected d- damaged cartilage underneath its ear. So so it came through on the same day. So. What, let's let's fovea up this dog's ear as well and try and heal up this because we there was no skin to try and stitch it back up with. So yeah, like, yeah. Oh, let's let's give it a crack and see what we can Fantastic. do. So have so you got some you before go. and after photos? We've got the before and after photos. Ah. Absolutely, yes, of both. So if we we're keen, we could put them on the socials, couldn't we? 
Oh well, we've got the um the, the they've signed the um the release form for the uh yeah for, because Vet Cunal want to use it so oh, of course so, they do yes 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 so, so, very so successful thank you, case so thank you very much Vic Cunal for the um for for sponsoring the podcast usually this is a spot for Zilkeen but you know given that I've got the uh the the the, the electric boogaloo gun and um you know I was speaking to my client and I said look you know is this something you know because I'm trying to work out. How do you tell the owners about yeah. it? And she yeah, said, client perception. I've I've actually had um light treatment on uh, on myself before, so I know it works. I've gone beauty, you know. Wow! If, I, if only I hadn't have said that this was a you know there was no charge for it this time. Then we yeah. But anyway. <laughs> so oh anyway, wow! What um what, bo- what body part, mate? Did you did you inquire a bit? I, d- I didn't. Of, I didn't go that far. No, 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 no. I, there, just... I will, but I'll tell you off air, mate. I'll tell you. <laughs> oh, off thanks. Air. Yeah, thanks. Awesome. Yeah. Fantastic. And also our other sponsor, yeah, Delicate Care. They're mm. always there. We we haven't been, but they have been. No, Delicate they've Care always have been. been there. It, They've mm. been in the vet clinics just ready and waiting for you listener to go in there and purchase some of their wonderful food. Yeah, Australian made, Australian owned, exported to the world though, Lewis. Yeah, excellent. And it's interesting on our. On our run sheet blurb, mate, we've got uh, so long since we recorded. Actually, it's got some information on delicate care and its use in arthritis in the winter months. So, given well, that we're in the middle of summer here, it was a cold day. A minute, yeah, but uh, but if your dog does suffer from a bit of arthritis, they've certainly got the uh, the uh, mobility support support. And for and, and what's and dog. what's in that mobility diet, Lewis? It helps make it so good for arthritic oh, animals. Funny you should say, mate. Glucosamine, chondroitin. Green lipped muscle, just to name Ooh. a few of the ingredients that will support the gentle, uh, the joint health of your pet. Is is green lip muscle another euphemism for that thing that you're trying to rub the the Elizabeth Arden cream on? Ooh. I don't know, mate. You'd have to talk to uh, talk to the great prince to to, to, learn, <laughs> to learn learn a bit more about about that. I reckon. Um, and of course, also. Thank you very much to our long suffering, long supporting, supporting. Yes, yes, Patreon supporters. We we really do appreciate you guys. You're still hanging there with us, which is which is lovely. Um, and uh, and we 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 really do um appreciate you paying for hopefully keeping us on the air and um, yep. and we aim to bring some more stuff in the next twelve months or so for you guys. Absolutely, too. yes. We we are being we're being very conscientious of trying to make sure we actually start doing stuff again now, now, now that, now that school's back and yes, you know, hopefully, hopefully well, we have some time. We will. Absolutely. Yes, we will. All righty, mate. Now you got anything in the news this week? I do, mate. I do. So this is an article from uh, Rachel Dexter from the age. There's babies having babies on the front line of Melbourne's kitten catastrophe. Oh. Catastrophe, you know, it's a, a I, 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 love, I love watching it. No, no, just with a C, you know, <laughs> you know catastrophe for cats. Um, So this was published on the 12th of January. So um, there's a wall of mewling cats in the quarantine room at the Lost Dogs home in North Melbourne. A coop door swings open to reveal a mottled female nursing half a dozen tiny kittens, barely 48 hours old. It's cute, but the scene is a grim reminder of what's going wrong across Melbourne moggy population rangers drop this cat off with no name no registration and no microchip and pregnant the age of this queen the name for mother cats is also unknown but vet staff estimate she's barely out of kittenhood herself she weighs only one kilogram wow yeah so one kilogram kitten cat 
cat that's had kittens. Now, I'm not going to call shenanigans on on that just now, but um, it might have been one point something, but one, yeah, we, we discussed 1. on the podcast. Yeah, we, we, yeah, and then round it down. Um, we've discussed on the podcast before that usually cats or kittens will put on 100 grams per week of body weight. So, you know, I, I can't imagine a, a, a 10-week-old kitten, you think? Getting pregnant at one week for the 63-day <laughs> gestation period. Yeah, it doesn't quite make sense. But nonetheless, I'm sure she was not a fully grown adult and having kittens. Um, there's babies having babies, says Liz Walker, director of operations at the home. Someone has loved her, raised her, but they haven't desexed her and she's ended up here. Her owner or carer had eight days to claim her once she reached the shelter, but she, like about 90% of the roughly 10,000 cats and kittens that came through the lost dogs home last year, hasn't been reclaimed. The mother and babies will need to find new homes. This shelter, which collects cats of 15 Melbourne councils and one regional council, is facing its biggest kitten breeding season in almost a decade. Its facilities in North Melbourne and Cranbourne are brimming with 500 cats and kittens with another 500 out in foster homes. Wow. Cats can start breeding from four months old, head of veterinary services, Dr. Jessica Wilde says. She is overseeing a de-sexathon. At the home this Friday, with staff aiming to get through a record 240 cats in the 24 hours to 8 a.m. on Saturday. It's wow. kind of scary to think that one undesexed female and a mate, how quickly she can create a large population problem, Wild says. One fertile female cat and her mate and their offspring are able to produce up to 2,000 kittens in just four years. So that's Ooh. some that's some exponential kitten growth right oh, there. Oh, exponential. Yeah, right. It breeds yeah. like rabbits, aren't they? Yeah. Um, we get we often get boxes of kittens dropped off that people have just found dumped in a park or a dumpster, says customer service officer Jenny Kisby from behind the shelter's front desk. It's the front line for dumped animals. The oh, desk- Kizza. Kizza, the old, the old Kizza. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Those in the home that struggle to get adopted are moved on to other shelters for a new audience. Some strays, however, are so wild or distressed, they are not suitable for being rehomed and are euthanized. And despite successful efforts in the past two decades to drive down the population of lost and roaming felines, the number of cats turning up at the lost dog's home is trending in the wrong direction. The home's directors are begging for owners, local councils and the state government to step up desexing efforts. This year particularly has not been good breathing weather, Walker says. It's been well it's been cold, but our numbers, but it, our numbers coming in haven't reflected that. So yeah, you know, Melbourne having a kitten problem, Lewis. There's a mm. lot of um, a lot of kittens being uh, being being surrendered. So get your cats desexed, and if you are in the market for a new cat, there might be some really yeah. good, cute little ones after the desexathon ready to go at the lost dogs home. Wow. So uh, I wonder if that's a worldwide issue or if it's a Melbourne specific mm. issue. And I wonder, is that, is there something COVID related about that? Is here's a theory. So we're all staying at home for COVID. Everyone's mm-hmm. staying at home. Lots of, uh, lots of kittens out, but we're not out in the, uh, out, out and about as much. Perhaps there's less that are dying with accidental death perhaps or uh roads or um warehouses or things like that or whatever and um and they've had really quiet time in all the the warehouses and around the 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 areas and the ones that um well we're at home we're feeding them more because we're home we see them out and about so and then suddenly we've um we've released ourselves back into the environment and we've been overrun with feral kittens 
Does that so work? I, I, I think it's I think it's a really interesting point that you make. Is it's it is um, uh, <laughs> I I think that what. Yeah, because they, they there certainly has been a change in numbers from around COVID time as well. So you do kind of wonder, well, I wonder whether or not before COVID, whether or not the councils were, yeah, they'd gotten really good at getting those feral cat populations down. Because in the end, you know, if these if the cats that are having the kittens are feral cats, well, they're not owned cats. They're they're cats that are that are out and around in the environment. I wonder whether or not during the COVID times, maybe the councils actually didn't have their rangers going out and getting as many cats in that time. Mm, and so true. therefore, because because we do know that there were that at the during the COVID period, there were no animals in shelters. You know, that was the time yes, where everybody right. was going and rehoming and everything. Mm. And and we know that any of the animals that came from the shelters will have been de-sexed. So so I I wonder whether or not this might be a um maybe a thing where it could have been over those two COVID years that you started to get those, you know, as the article says, you know, one or two cats that then started to do the uh, do that magic thing, and then suddenly we are getting that exponential growth. Mm, and so four thousand cats, yeah, yeah, and four thousand kittens, and and that's just from two cats in one suburb, you know, and and so I, I wonder. Is that the reason why we're actually seeing this upswing again now? So it mm. might not actually be people not getting. I'm, I'm sure there are a percentage of people that aren't getting their pets desexed, um, and that that might be some of it. But I can't imagine that it's going to be nah. a massive number on it. I think it might be a lot of uh, a lot of strays, and we're just seeing a um, bit of an upswing. It'd be interesting to see the numbers of of uh, of. of cats that were actually taken during COVID time and whether or not council officers just weren't out doing that at that time. Yeah, it, was, it might be well the case. And if people aren't at work, they're not seeing the stray cats. So maybe the yeah. ones that are potentially too. Yeah, that's a good thought, mate. Oh, wow. Well, gee whiz. So yeah, like Robbie said, you know, they've just had the de-sex-a-thon at the Lost Dogs home. So get on down there and pick yourself up a, a freshly minted uh Young cat, kitten, young yes, cat. yes, yeah, yeah. Very Go and you spend some time with it though, and make sure it's going to be the right fit for your for your family. Make sure it, it likes what with the the with the attention that you want to give it. Make sure it seems like it digs that because you know sometimes they can be cats that aren't actually used to human contact as well. Remember, a cat is is just for Easter. No, what? Yeah. No, not just for Easter. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, all right. Now this is an article I saw in the Age newspaper. Swimming cat causes Scotland Island controversy. I I, I saw this article too. I like it. You've seen this article. You're not going to be surprised by anything then that I might. But the listener might be. Yes, the listener hasn't. Listener. Hasn't seen it. Yeah, that's for sure. Definitely. Just having some uh, issues with the microphone. Just some, some, ch- some chair issues. Yeah. There yeah. we go. Yeah. Uh, a controversial swimming cat. Violent threats and parochial attitudes have led a former winning entrant of Scotland's Island's dog swimming race to abandon the Christmas Eve event as organisers attempt to restrict it to a locals-only spectacle. The event received enthusiastic media coverage. So that could be us. It could be us. We we could be enthusiastic media coverages. We are media. We've got a microphones and we go out there and we yeah. cover things. So that's get a lanyard us. for this. Do we get a lanyard for this one again? <laughs> maybe, maybe. Maybe. The event received enthusiastic media coverage in 2019. Ooh. 
We were recording then. We might have been. We, we would have been, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We were there. After Glenn Jury, a Sydney political how this is inverted commas, you can tell me what this is because it's got a, a, a blue link to click. Oh, but it's on paper, so I can't click the link. Oh, okay, right. A Sydney political inverted commas preference whisperer. Oh, okay, right, yes. What's a preference is like whisperer? A, is that like a cat whisperer, but it's just your preferred cats. Preferred Berman. Ragdoll. Sphinx. Sphinx. What's your preference? Selkirk Rex. Quiet, you got to whisper it. Selkirk Rex. That's it. ASMR. So Glenn Jury enrolled his cat Gus in the race. Oh, controversial. Oh, no. She is. As a result of Gus swimming in the race, thousands of people showed up, Drury said. It was like a football crowd. Right. Which, which one are we talking? A-League crowd yeah. or hey, that, that, that is, if, if there's thousands, that is an A-League crowd. It's a, hundreds. like it's hundreds most NRL crowds. And, and to be honest, AFL crowds in Sydney too. So it certainly could have been a football crowd. <laughs> wow. Some shade there, mate. We're going to get shut down. We're going to get cancelled. We've got to be careful. <laughs> Cancel culture. It was like a football crowd. It was wonderful. It was a nice, lovely, lighthearted, silly season story. But spooked by violent threats made by a few people who attended the race in 2019, the fastest cat on the northern beaches will not return this year. Bum, bum. Drury's boycott of the race, confusion over organisation and former participants no longer feeling welcome has sent an icy current through the race's return. Whoa. Scotland Island is an enclave on the northern beaches, only accessible by boat, and has about 1,000 residents, including holidaymakers. I'm going to say, probably a lot of them, if it's the northern beaches in Sydney, I'm sure a lot of them are, are you know, really working class. Yeah. You know, very, very yeah. much, you know. Yeah, on the, struggling you know, for a quid, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, hand, hand to mouth there, I reckon. Now, I don't want to think that I'm not uh, attention to detail when I read articles, but when I first read this article, I actually thought that the race was in Scotland. (laughs) And now that I'm reading it, I'm realising that it's not in Scotland, but it's this... For the listener there who's following the article, yeah. it's not in Scotland. No, okay? and, and 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 just and just a little bit of um geography for geography for you. <laughs> Scotland's not an island either. It's actually attached. It is. It is on an island, but Scotland itself isn't an island. No, unless, what? unless someone's exploded Hadrian's Wall, and it's oh. just yeah. I mean, I know the Scottish independence was was going really strong there for a few years, but I'm not sure if they've managed to completely separate themselves from the yeah from the rest of England. Hadron's wall is that the same as the Hadron Collider? Did he invent both of those? Yes, both. Yes, yes yeah, yes, yeah, thought so. yeah, yeah, Good. yeah, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. Had, had, Hadrian in the Roman times was very big on colliding things. Yeah, colliding usually, particles. Yes, colliding yeah, yeah, quarks. You, yeah, usually, usually colliding. You know, very hard things to peasants' heads. I think. <laughs> Every Christmas Eve, a race is held at the island. Yep, in Scot- in, in, Scot- in Scotland, Scot- yeah, yeah. Scotland Island where dogs paddle across a 550-metre stretch of water while their owners kayak, paddleboard, or swing along, swim alongside them. And while I was reading the article, I was thinking, geez, the water around Scotland would be pretty cold for those dogs. Like, How far are they making them swim? Anyway, 
It's not in Scotland, so it's not that cold. Hey, right. and not for nothing, 500 metres of open water open yeah. water swimming is not a small amount of swimming. Yeah. They'd, be, they'd be, you know, hard. I mean, I'm sure the people of Scotland Island are quite good at swimming the 500 metres <laughs> when, the, when the ferry's not working and they've got to get across to try and yeah, replenish the caviar cupboard. Oh, I was, well, I was worried that given it's in Scotland, they're avoiding, they had to swim around icebergs or something because it'd be <laughs> that damn cold. The racist tradition goes back to 1972 when, according to Island law, a squabble between two ferry captains about who had the quickest boat devolved into who had the fastest dog. Connie the German Shepherd and Diesel the Kelpie faced off in a swimming sprint. Who do you reckon won? Kelpie or the Shepherd? Shepherd. Ooh. Guess again. Guess again. uh, Kelpie. (laughs) Yes! Yeah! How'd you, you know, mean? mate? Wow, well, you read well, this. Well, I mean, to, to, to be honest, the shepherd probably got weighed down by, you know, by quite a lot of hair. You know, you, you don't know. go, don't, don't go swimming in your overcoat. Also, his anal franchiosis stung <laughs> a little bit in the in the in the icy the, waters. With, with his ear infection, he was he was swimming in circles. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! Now the race's victorious dog is presented with a silver D-shaped trophy, the right. big D. The big D. Well, that's our, be the big D. All the shaped. dogs want the big D. Yes, yes, don't they? Drury has known about the race for years, and his cattle dog Bob was swam to victory in 2014. Oh, he's got a, he's um, a, he's an existing champion. Yeah. yeah, Bob has since died. No, oh. oh. okay. Yeah. <laughs> he yeah. in a training on a training run. <laughs> <laughs> he hit a, hit an iceberg apparently. He got hypothermia and swimming in Scotland. You know, I, they don't, you know, iceberg and chipped it, chipped a tooth. And yeah, anyway, um, but when Drury's Bob has since died, but when Drury's new kitten Gus sprang happily into the harbour for a swim one day on an outing, obviously a picnic with some brie and a bit of foie yep. gras, or which is exactly sort of what outing. a cat would do. A cat, yeah. a cat would absolutely yeah. jump into the water. Yeah, totally. Drury reckoned he'd found Bob's replacement. That's when the trouble began. Oh, here we go. Or, or as they say on the northern, that's when the trouble began. That's a really bad accent. All right, let's move on. That's really bad. Can we edit? The, can we start the whole podcast again? Yeah, yeah, like do it. Yeah, yeah. Hello and it. welcome, listeners. Episode one hundred ninety-eight. <laughs> Tell us about Guatemala. What was Guatemala again? <laughs> the magical mystery tour. The racist entry fee is a can. But it's not how you make pork. Is that is that, 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 that is better? yes, yeah, that's that yeah, that's better. Yeah, it's yeah. when the drop. No, that's not all right. No, that's uh, you could go with the so chunky you could carve it. Yes, yes, chomp. Yes, that's all the days. The race's entry fee, and funny you should bring that up, is a can of dog food. There you go, and a cold long neck. <laughs> what? That's interesting. A, a long neck what? Turtle. Uh, turtle. Yeah, cold long neck turtle. Cold long neck turtle. Not a warm long neck turtle. (laughs) Or an eastern long neck, a cold long neck turtle. When Jury's wife tried to hand over the entry suite for the race in 2019 with cat food instead of dog food, she was told to F off. She (laughs) said, that's hectic. That's hectic. Oh, my goodness. This is scary. Gus went on to beat some dogs in the race. Right. Well, the, what, Most, a gra- what a great, uh, you know, show of resilience by the cat. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm sure there are some dogs that can't swim at all, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Most yeah. of the crowd went nuts watching Gus, but Drury said someone came out of the crowd and said, 
I'm gonna effing get you and shoot your cat. <laughs> oh my god! That's 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 some you know fairly uh, you know strong language there. That is, you know, isn't that's it? A, yeah, that's a, that's showing intent. That's a sore loser too. Oh his yeah, dog, absolutely. His dog was definitely beaten by by a gas. I think definitely. <laughs> I work in politics. Drury said this usually doesn't bother me, but they're threatening my cat. Keep there your hands other, off my cat. Yes. There were other threats in person and online. Drury attributed the abuse to a very small percentage of parochial locals who want their little piece of paradise kept for them and Brian Smith. Oh, oh that, that, oh, he's naming names. Name. No, yeah, right. I just added that one in. If right. there is a Brian in Scotland, Brian in the, Smith in, in, the northern, in the northern in the northern beaches. Like swimming in the amongst the icebergs. Yeah, it's just a coincidence. Yeah. Allegedly. Purely coincidental. Yes. Photographer Alex Smart began attending the race in 2010 for the quirky photo opportunity. Smart was asked to take over the event's Facebook page in 2017, which he agreed to. This is it's getting quite a long time <laughs> tale. The year the cat came up, people turned unfriendly and angry, said Smart. He believed there was a minor coup Ooh. within the loose group of residents who organized the race by people who didn't like outsiders and disliked the event's growing publicity. Smart said some residents had severed contact with him and others started a rumor that he was trying to commercialize the race and was, was in cahoots with local businesses in Church Point who benefit from the crowds. Oh, so I see where this is going. So Church Point, they've got to sell enough uh, decaf soy macchiatos, right? On that okay, day to cover the whole year. Yeah, on the okay. Beaches. That's, that's part where of they make budget. the money. It's yeah, like, that's their, their it's like the ice cream. In. It's like their ice cream truck in the summer. Yes, You're not selling them in winter, but you're no. selling those decaf organic soy macchiatos. You're selling them yes. on the one day when it's the um, the Wait, when the dogs are the swimming across the water. Yeah, yes, and cat. yeah, and, exactly. and cat. Yeah. He has since changed the Facebook page to a local newspaper page called Pitwater Observer. And I'm not sure what that's going to do anything. Anyway, we move on. There's a lot of dark stuff happening in the background, Smart said. Shane O'Neill, who lives on the island, has been part of the Scotland Island Residents Association. Shane, o Shane O'Neill. Is, is that good? <laughs> that's no, O'Neill's Irish. No. Oh. Yeah, O'Neill's usually Irish. Oh, diddly yeah. oh. diddly dee potatoes. <laughs> Is that, is that is that Scottish? Yeah, no, that that's, uh, that's yeah, no. is that good? Thanks, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, you're, you're getting you're getting more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you've only got to have a go at the Welsh and the Northern Irish and then the English, and then we've got the full set. Is is Ireland an island? Just Ireland is an island, right? Thanks. Just yes. that makes sense. Of course it is, but Scotland's not, except this Scottish island. Yes, it's Scottish. Yes. Scot Scotland Scot Scotland Island. Scott, the Scotland Island Residents Association, that'd be a big group, wouldn't it? Oh, they'd have their own badge. they have a coat of arms. <laughs> Said there was a minority of people who believed Gus didn't belong in the event. So there's a minority amongst the minority of the Scottish Island Residents Association. Yes. You wouldn't just be in the association if you lived there, would you? you Not at all. Not at all. No, it's, it's totally voluntary. Yes. You know, for a small fee on the northern beaches. It's a, a dog race. Rates. It's a be part yeah. of their rates. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's a dog race. I know it's trying to be funny and a bit tongue in cheek, but I don't think people are coming to watch a cat swim. Mm -hmm. They've been coming for years. There's not just 2019. There's big, been big crowds coming for a long time. Oh, sure. 
O'Neill said concerns about the event's size and COVID-19 spurred organisers to keep the race on the island between two piers for the last two years, but acknowledged there was a level of parochialism surrounding the event. Even if a mainland dog wins, the, the Big D trophy still goes to an islander or bay dog. That's the tradition. So there's no sharing the D. No, no. no, no, no. You've you got to be a rate-paying dog. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. that's right. You'll be a member of the association. Right, right. Maybe. The dog's got to know the secret handshake. <laughs> O'Neill said it was an animated event that brought the community together. Animated. Animated, right. Wow. Like who framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah, they got someone to draw it. Yeah, excellent. And that he was diving in this year with his Irish wolfhound cross, Daisy. Right. Probably Daisy could swim. Big right, dog. Well, oh, she, she could probably just walk along the bottom with her long legs. Yeah, that's true. This race will return to its full stretch this year and was spruiked on the Scotland Island Residents Facebook page as the Locals Island Dog Race. The event usually proceeds with council sign-off and water police ensure no boats pass through the area. <laughs> yes, and, 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 we, and we all leave flowers. We all leave flowers on the memorial for Daisy the Pug when she got taken out by the jet ski. Back in 2017. <laughs> Daisy, here's, we remember you. The we'll never forget. Make, the police make sure that no jet skis are partaking in the in the, uh, in the 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 race. Oh, my goodness. That's hilarious. Sorry. Perfect. I shouldn't like this. funny at all. Ju- just, just what you need, the um, the tax-paid uh, uh, yes. uh, yes. public service to be doing, making sure that the rich people can swim across the body of water with their dogs and cat unaffected <laughs> but the northern beaches council said they hadn't heard from the organizers this year oh maybe it's not on oh maybe maybe they let it they let it go maybe wow. there'll be a rival one maybe there'll wow. be like a like a, a splinter organization isn't it lucky that we didn't think that we might organize an outside broadcast there at this race because i would have flown all the way to scotland and you'd be sitting up near manly there just sunning yourself and be going what happened? Where are you? Oh, yeah. Where, oh, yeah. What's right. going on? Oh, I'm here. Someone just hit me over the head with a haggis because I was doing an Irish accent. <laughs> and they said, you're not in Ireland. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so what, what, aren't, you, aren't you all the same? You know, yeah, that's look, right. You all yeah. look the same to me. Right. We are going to get cancelled now. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm misappropriating everyone's uh, everyone's um, ethnicity. Yeah, heritage. No, yes. Heritage. Heritage. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Anyway. All right, Alrighty. do you know what? Do you know what, Lewis? All advice on this show and 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 ra- racial profiling is, a, is on this show is general in nature. So please consult your veterinarian before following any advice for your pet. Do our best to provide the most up to date information because veterinary medicine is continually advancing and changing. Please let us know if we missed anything or if you need any clarification. Now, Lewis, I wanted to know whether or not you have heard of big kidney, little kidney syndrome in cats. Oh, look. If I say yes, will you ask me more? If I yes, say no, will I you will. then tell me more? Yes, yeah. If if you if you say either, then you still need to reply in a Scottish accent or your your oh, your no, version of a me. Scottish accent. Don't do that to me. I'll do a Northern Beaches accent. Nice, no, nice. No, um, so so Lewis, big kidney, little kidney syndrome is mm. a um it's one that I like I've seen a couple of cases of this before I realized that it had an acronym because then I got a referral back from somewhere else. Uh, one of our patients was seen at an emergency center and it had uh, BKL. LKS and I go, right. what in the 
flipping hell is PKLKS and realize, oh, hang on, they make big kidney, little kidney syndrome. Uh, Well, actually, that actually fits really, really well mm. with actually describing what happens. So I I thought they were describing the um, the ink colors in my printer then. BK LK, yes, yeah. One's one's cyan and one's magenta and the other one's yellow. Yeah, black. And there's the black one that runs out all the time. Light black, light K. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, go on. And and then you've got to change a lot of them over when the black runs out because that's the only one you use anyway, unless you're printing out lots of color photos of yourself. And you buy the printer for 10 bucks and the ink costs $300. $4,000. Yeah, that's (laughs) exactly. Anyway. So big kidney, little kidney syndrome is a thing that, is being seen more frequently over the last few years um, in our domestic cats. And what happens with these cats is that a lot of it stems from them having a kidney stone. So having stones in the kit in their kidneys. And often what happens with these cats is they actually present really, really, really sick because what's happened in the past is the stones that are sitting in the what's called the renal pelvis. So the renal pelvis is where your kidney makes urine. That's where the urine pulls and then runs down into the ureter before getting to the bladder so that then it can go out into the litter tray or on your rug or if you're unhappy, you know, if you're unlucky. Um, so so what happens with these cats is that one a small part or one of these stones comes down and actually lodges in the ureter. And when it lodges in the ureter, that then means that that kidney can no longer get its urine out. So that kidney fills up with urine um, and it causes damage to the kidney. Now, eventually, either that little stone passes or the kidney just starts to shrivel up, you know, um, wick, wicked witch of the West style because it's it's under too much pressure because the urine's got nowhere to go. But the cat seems otherwise okay-ish because they've still got another kidney that's getting the job done because, you know, our body's got this great redundancy. That's the reason why you can donate a kidney and still survive. So you can have one kidney that's affected and gets small and shrivelly and isn't doing its job because you've still got another kidney that's doing okay. But what happens when that big kidney, the one that's actually still doing its job, but still has stones in it, gets a little blockage in that ureter. Uh So then suddenly what happens is your one kidney that's doing the job. The third kidney starts work. No? If you're lucky enough to have a third kidney, and that's part of the reason why you're able to swim across and win the the Scotland, you know, the Scotland cat you know, swimming race on Christmas Eve every year, you know, and you and you avoid being shot by the by the irate locals. Um, that you're kidney say then, shot by the Irish, but I was like, no, hang no, on, no, 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 no. That's all. They're no, all the no. irate. All right. 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 Yeah. So, so the big kidney then gets bigger and bigger and bigger because it's swelling up because it's filling up with urine. These cats, because they're no longer producing or that the no kidneys working, so they're no longer able to clear out their uh, the toxic byproducts. These kidneys present uh, these cats present in acute kidney failure, so they are unwell. They're not eating, and when we palpate their tummies, we feel one small kidney and one big kidney and those cats are really 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 Mm. sick because that urine has got nowhere to go and the one kidney that's probably not blocked ain't doing anything because it's been you know it's it's a prune from however long beforehand so um it's a 
as far as treatment wise, it's actually really tricky for these guys. Like, I mean, obviously you need to try and support them. So, you know, they're, they're often dehydrated. So you put them on a drip. Um, I've had one cat that were actually able to, cause the owners um, didn't want to pursue further treatment. So what we actually did, we actually put this cat on a drip and managed to, push the blockage because on, on an ultrasound, we can actually see the stone sitting mm, in the ureter. Wow. And so we put it on a drip. We actually managed to get the stone into the bladder. Yeah. And so, and so the cat's just gone, oh, now I'm feeling really good and I'm eating and that's all really good. And then the cat's gone to do a wee and then the stone then blocked its urethra. Oh, oh yeah. really? Yeah. Oh, it's like, oh, oh, oh my wow. God. Um, uh, I've had other cats that we've been able to do it and and yeah, stabilize them enough and then they've gone okay. But I have had some cats uh, that the owners have wanted to go off and have a sub put in. Uh, mm, so what's sub, a sub? So a sub standing for um, a subcutaneous urethral bypass. So so it's a procedure that basically is trying to bypass that blocked ureter. So what happens is you go off and see a specialist surgeon. And what they do is they put what's called a pigtail catheter into the renal pelvis, and then a tube runs under the cat's skin into a little reservoir, and then from there down into the bladder. So wow. then that way it means that you no longer have to worry about the the fact that your your uh, your ureter is blocked because you've bypassed it. The problem is, is that that can be a pretty dicey surgery. You know, like the specialists that do it are fantastic and it's incredibly fiddly work, but the tubes can get blocked with protein and blood clots and debris and little bits of stone. So you need to go in there and flush them periodically. Um, they can come out. I've had one cat go off and have the surgery and the the actual pigtail catheters come out. Oh, dear. Um, and so, yeah, it's a, it is a pretty um, a pretty big uh, or very very big procedure, and usually being done on cats that are in um, in a pretty bad way. Um, unfortunately, I don't think there's all that much you can do about it, uh, other than you know if you've got if once you've got kidney stones, it's really hard to get those kidney stones mm. out because you're not going to go in there and try and laser them because you're going to damage the kidney. You can't go and remove them because you're going to go like they're, they're teeny tiny little stones. So yeah, you could potentially leave some behind. So um, in the end, like we've got a couple of patients that we know that have got kidney stones that are sitting there. One cat that's actually, I, I diagnosed the other day, that's got big kidney, little kidney syndrome, but he's big kidney is more of a moderate size kidney. So he's got, yeah, right. you know, you know, he's got normal kidney, small kidney disease. Um, and so we're just trying to do what we can to try and manage mm. and just keep a really close eye on it to, you know, make sure that if he does go, well, then we kind of know what's going on. Yeah. Gosh. Eh? Yeah. It's all, it is one of those really difficult things. I think that the most uh, difficult part about it is we'd love to be able to get them when that first kidney is affected um, mm. and and be able to diagnose at that stage and then hopefully maybe try and implement maybe some dietary changes or something like that to help with the stones that are in the other kidney. But the thing is when they often, or certainly what I've found is when they first present with that first kidney um, getting blocked is they're unwell for mm. a period and then often we they come into hospital, you give them some pain relief, maybe you're not sure what's going on with them, you give them some fluids, and that seems and then that kidney sort of the pain from that kidney stops. Yeah. And they become better because they're functioning really well on the other kidney. And so you're like, oh, we fixed them. They must have had who knows what. You know, we didn't get mm. to do the full gamut of testing, which is common. You know, we, we get yeah. that um, certainly, you know, um, and they're improving, they're eating, they're back to okay, we'll send them home, sort of thing. And and so you might sometimes we miss that 
initial sort of time when that happens, or that might even happen at home, you know, where um the cat's a bit flat for a few days and they're like, oh, yeah, you know. Yeah, they're they're literally passing a kidney stone. Mm, mm, yeah. Exactly. And uh, so, yeah, that makes it really, diagnosis sort of really difficult. And if you're not, I suppose, ultrasounding every single cat that comes in unwell, you know, mm. is, is the occasion that, or, or x-raying, I suppose, you sometimes see the little, um, little calculi on the x-rays too. So, yeah. but no, really, really interesting. And it's certainly, like you said, it's a condition that's, you know, we're more and more aware of the last, I don't know, three or four years. And and so I think the, there's there's debate as to why it is that we're seeing so much more of it. Is it due to, you know, the, the diets that cats are being fed? Is it due to the cats living longer? Is there something else that's going on? Nobody really knows. We just know that we've got these cats with with these little kidney stones that previously you'd see them on, on X-ray fairly you know, non, you know, you'd see them there mm. and oh, that's just a, you know, a, another finding the blood tests look okay. So, and, and the hard thing is a lot of the times those stones that are in the kidneys, they're often, I, I have had a couple that have actually disappeared with diet change, but they're often not ones that will disappear mm. with diet. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, yep. they're bloody hard to get rid of. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah. so yeah. Mm. And, and there's wow. plenty of other diseases that can make kidneys get big and little too you know chronic kidney disease can do it cancer can do it uh, mm. literally toxicity they can get big kidneys then if they're getting um you know if, if they're in acute kidney failure so it's not just a, a lay down mazare thing but it's just one of these things where you go okay right yeah big kidney little kidney syndrome um uh, I was I was very amazed with seeing the um yeah, there's not many times or acronyms you see them and you go gee does that make sense you know mm. it's a bit a little mm. bit wordy though big kidney little kidney syndrome you know I think they could try and I think they could try and edit it down a little bit but you know I guess I guess yeah we, we'll let the boffins try and work that out <laughs> give it twelve months and it'll change its name don't worry about it. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Oh, fantastic. That's really good, mate. Excellent. All righty. Good. Well, if you've got any questions um, that you want us to answer, maybe maybe you're concerned about your cat's um, uh, kidneys, uh, certainly send us an email, twovetstalkpets at gmail.com. Maybe you've got a, yeah, you'd like some advice on a training regime for your cat when it's going to enter the the, the Christmas Eve, uh, you know, cause some more controversy. It, it's, it's got Scottish Island for, for yes. 2023. Yes, yeah. well, maybe maybe you might know a vet as well that, that might be getting a a uh, a new extravaganza in the backyard where you can train train your cat up to to swim on the north to the northern beaches. So absolutely, um, yeah. And so we're on Facebook. We're also on Instagram. Um, Robbie's on Twitch. So I'm on Twitch stre- now. Streaming, streaming on on Twitch. If awesome. You, um, if you got any questions while you're gaming, there, mate, you just uh, yes. streaming streaming uh, Twitch. Streaming so, it live yeah. on Twitch. Yes. yes. Yeah, well, I'm playing Call of Duty. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 All right. Nice one. Modern Warfare. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. All right, guys, and also go on to Patreon. You can support us there. Uh, search for Patreon. Two vets talk pets on Patreon and and throw us a couple of couple of dollars. Certainly helps to keep uh, us ticking and encourage us to keep continuing, yeah. which With- we endeavour to do. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you guys. We know it's been a while and we do appreciate if you've uh, seen us pop back into your feed again and you've decided, oh, I'll give them another listen and see what they're like. And turns out we're exactly the same as what we were. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, hopefully, know. Ho- hopefully you still dig that. Shoot us a, shoot us a, an email. It'd be great to hear from everyone just to, you know, touch base and make sure that everyone's okay. All the people that have corresponded with us over the years. Hope you've all done okay during uh, Christmas and New Year's and all that sort of stuff. And uh, yeah, well, hopefully you'll hear from us again soon. Yeah, so if all the listener could send us an email, that'd be it'd be wonderful to hear from them. And, and we we don't even care if it's the same email, but you just send it from your fifteen <laughs> different accounts. That's that's perfectly fine. <laughs> Alrighty, guys, scratch cool. you later. Peace out, everyone. Bye. 
Thanks for listening to Two Vets Talk Pets with Lewis and Robbie. To chat further about this week's episode or ask the guys any questions, search Two Vets Talk Pets on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or send an email to twovetstalkpets at gmail.com. You can find Lewis on Twitter with the handle at vetbehaviorist, and more importantly, as the two pet heroes return to their day job of saving animals' lives, be sure to thank them with a five-star review on iTunes. Every time you do, a small, cute animal will receive a cuddle.